0: Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boucher, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching, both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Equipping ELLs podcast. I am so thankful and grateful that you are joining me today as we enter into a new series. This is just going to be a couple weeks long, but we are going to be talking about all things vocabulary development. I am super excited about this series. I've been reading up and going on a deep dive into how do English language learners really develop vocabulary? What's best practices and what is what can we as teachers do to really create language and vocabulary rich classrooms and lessons. So, that's what we are going to be diving into over the next couple weeks to finish out the rest of 2023, which is very hard to believe that we are already in the middle of November. So I hope that you are having a great year so far. I hope that you will find these episodes super helpful and as always super practical in ways that you can add them right into your daily lessons and what you're doing now and boost up that vocabulary instruction. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things is When students begin to talk and you start to hear new vocabulary words pour out of their mouth, it is such a rewarding thing to see. It's so exciting to see students use a variety of different verbs, of different nouns, of different adjectives of just different things that they've been hearing and seeing and you've been working with them on. And all of a sudden they're starting to apply it on their own through talking or through writing. That is one of my favorite things to see with students. And it's fun to just see them start to take off as they begin to use higher vocabulary. And so that's what we really want. We want to continue to push our students to use a variety of vocabulary, to continue to learn new words, to s- use them in context, to really hear and understand and and hear a variety of different depths of words so that they are sponges, as we know. They're going to catch on to different words in different ways, and they're going to start to apply them in their own communication skills. So how do we create that kind of classroom where it's just filled with vocabulary that's happening in a natural way because that's really the best way we learn vocabulary. Many times I talk about my journey here of learning Spanish for many years. And I'm going to tell you, I did lots and lots of vocabulary flashcards. And I have forgotten lots of lots of vocabulary flashcards because vocabulary out of context is really pretty meaningless. Memorization in that aspect does not It's really not going to help go from, you know, short-term memory to long-term memory when it's just drilling like that. But when you're working on vocabulary in context, when you're in a conversation and you're searching for a word or you're learning a new word or you say, oh, how do you say this? The brain grasps onto that and is able to recall that word in a much different way because contextually you can put yourself in that situation and you can remember, oh yeah, that's what this word is called. So we need to be making vocabulary come alive in content, in context. That is what is going to stick. And so let's talk about how we do that. First, I want to go over the three different tiers of vocabulary, because I know these are talked about a lot, but sometimes there's confusion of what that means. And I want to share some examples with you. So let's begin there. First, our first tier are our tier one vocabulary words, and these are the most basic words that they rarely require explicit instruction, and they typically do not have multiple meanings. So they're pretty easy to grasp on, understand. These are going to be the words that your newcomers begin to work with first. Now, for those students who you have that are not ELLs, you probably don't even think about these words because they've already come into your classroom having the foundation of your tier one vocabulary words. This is though where it's important when you're working with ELLs that you're gonna have to be teaching and explicitly teaching some of these things. A lot of times, though, it's done through that visual support in context and conversation. So these aren't words that need to have, you know, a lot of times they're going to see it a few times and remember it. They don't need tons of amount of time that they're going to be spending with the words like they'll need with our tier two and tier three, which are more abstract or more academic. But it is something to take note that with if you're working with newcomers, you need to make sure that you are focusing on tier one words. So these are words like mom, dad, sister, brother, chair, table, bed, just common objects, common animals, um, your basic actions like run, walk, eat, play, simple adjectives like big, small, hot, cold. Okay, All of these types of everyday vocabulary, really, this is our BICs. Our this is our basic vocabulary that is going to help them gain that foundation of those tier one words and help propel them into being able to comprehend higher level vocabulary. So start there. If you're working with newcomers, make sure that you are pulling out, focusing on tier one words and using them in conversation in the classroom daily. Tier two vocabulary. These words are more complex than tier one. And they are used across a variety of domains. So your tier two words are really where you're going to want to spend a lot of your time when you get past the newcomer stage of language learning. You are going to want to focus on these two tier two words because these are words they're going to see across different subjects and disciplines and grade levels. And so these are words that they are going to frequently be exposed to, but they're more abstract. They need more explicit teaching. They need a lot of multiple exposures in different ways. And so... Here's where you're going to want to focus when you get past your beginner level students. Some examples of tier two words are, you know, verbs like analyze, determine, evaluate, observe. Those are great words that you know they're going to see for many years and across different subjects. Nouns like method, approach, adjectives like complex, significant, academic words like compare and contrast and infer and summarize. Think of how often your students will see those words throughout the school year and into the years to come. So these are words that are crucial that they have an understanding to, and it takes, it's going to take a variety of different approaches because they are more, they're going to be applying them in different ways. So they are more abstract. But these words really are crucial for academic success because they will see them in multiple different ways throughout the year. So here's where you're going to want to sit and focus on and apply these techniques to these words so that you know your ELLs are getting that vocabulary support they need in order to grow academically. Then we move into tier three vocabulary words. Tier three words are domain specific terms that are typically encountered in specific fields of study. So they may be used frequently within a particular subject, but they're not generally used outside that domain. So these are going to be your specific academic words based on a topic that they're learning, for example, in science. They might see and hear the word photosynthesis many times during their plants unit, but outside of that, they might not come into it very often. Or um, ecosystem or biodiversity, words in mathematics, you know, quadrilateral, algorithm, words in social studies like legislator, imperialism, and language arts, metaphor, onomatopoeia, allegory. These are really the easiest to pull out because as you approach a new unit or a new topic, it's easy to find those really specific academic words that you know all your students are going to need support in this vocabulary word. So that's a lot of times where we begin, but I want to encourage you not to stop there. Okay, so you're going to want to have a variety of tier one, tier two, and tier three words as you approach new topics. Now, what I want to do is I want to walk you through how do you plan a unit or a new topic so that it is vocabulary rich? Because a lot of this will come down to how well you pre-plan your vocabulary. If you are very on top of it and you, you're ready for the vocabulary you want to pre-teach and you know which words you're going to hit on and you have visual supports, your classroom will become vocabulary rich. If you're just leaving it up to as you teach and then a word comes out and you, okay, I'm going to explicitly teach this or okay, this word is one we keep hearing in this book. Let's talk about this. It's not going to become as the depth of that learning is not going to happen as much as if you plan. So I want to encourage you as you approach a new unit or a new book you're reading or whatever it is, sit down and spend even just 10 minutes looking over what's the vocabulary that I am teaching with this book or with this unit. And I want you to follow these five steps. Okay. The first step is you're going to preview that text or that unit, and you're going to decide which words you want to explicitly teach. Again, tier one, two, and three are tier ones, That might just mean that you have a a list that you're going to make sure that your newcomer or beginner group is aware of, okay? That might not be whole group, but tier two and tier three should be whole group vocabulary that you are pulling and you are going to explicitly teach. Now, like I said, our tier three words, those are the easiest ones to pull out. If you're doing a a unit on plants for second grade, you're going to pull out words exactly like photosynthesis. Photosynthesis. Um, All those types of very specific science words. So pull out a few of those, but don't make all of them, okay, we're going to talk about 10 words and they're all going to be our tier three words. They need those tier two words explicitly taught. So I want to challenge you to pull out, you know, maybe three or four good tier three words that they need to know those words to understand the unit that's coming But then also mix in those tier two words. And how do we figure that out? Well, there's tons of lists out there. You can literally just Google tier two academic words for whatever grade level you teach, and they'll come up with a list for you. So you could start there and see, okay, do any of these words fit with this unit that I'm teaching? Or maybe if you're using a read aloud or a text, what words are in this text that would be very helpful that they're going to see frequently or they're going to see in multiple different, you know, subjects that I should be explicitly teaching. So I would look in one of those ways, either use a text and pull out some words from it because in context is rarely where they're going to gain depth and understanding or look at a list for that grade level and say, okay, what are the tier two words that these students need to know? Once you have decided that, you should have maybe six or eight words at the most. You do not want to overload your students. And we're going to get to that in just a minute of what that means. But keep the list low. You want them to really grasp onto these words and understand them with depth, not just have a list of 20 words that they're really just doing busy work so that they can get through this list. (laughs) So be intentional about your planning about your choosing of the vocabulary, mix it of tier two and tier three words. And then the next step I want you to do is I want you with those words to look for shades of meaning so that you can easily target new vocabulary for each language level. All right. So this is where, again, when you're intentionally planning, your vocabulary is going to be rich in your classroom. So if I am, let's say I am teaching second grade and I look up a tier two word and it's predict, okay, this is a word they're going to see throughout their whole educational career. So this is a great word that I should be teaching. And maybe this topic that we're going to be doing is a great way that I can bring in this word predict. Now, what is great to do is to do a little research and say, okay, what are some other synonyms for predict that maybe I can share with different language levels? So You know, predict could be guess, anticipate, foresee, envision. When I do that planning ahead of time, now I have these words on the tip of my tongue. So I know what, depending on the group of students or the student in front of me, I might just up that word a little bit. Instead of saying predict, I might say, hmm, can you anticipate what's going to happen next in this story? Or maybe for my newcomer beginning group, I might say, hmm, can you guess what's going to happen next in this story. So I'm going to use this shades of meaning for the word predict going up and down, depending on the language level that's in front of me and that I'm working with. And that's where you're going to build that richness of vocabulary, because I'm not planning six different vocabulary lists. And for all the groups that I have in my class or all the language levels, I'm going to use that same six to eight words, And then I'm going to find synonyms or ways to break down those words depending on the language level that I have. Okay. That's where you're going to save time, but it's also going to be really meaningful for your students. So step two, look for the different shades of meaning and pre-plan that. So you already have that on your mind. Step three, check and see, are there any cultural or language connections that you can make Did you check to see if this word has a cognate in the language, the first language of the students that you're working with? Bringing in a cultural piece like that is going to, again, bring depth to the words. It's going to help them move their words from short term to long term. It's going to help them build schema because if they can connect it to something that they are aware of, that they already have understanding to, they are going to have an easier time remembering this word. So Don't forget that step of bringing in if there's any cultural or language connection. Then the next step is to create flashcards or an anchor chart for your six to eight words. Now, sometimes that can feel like a lot or an additional step and you don't have the time. We'll share with you a template that you can use for creating flashcards really easily and quickly. Because once you have that template set up, you can just drag and drop your picture in it that goes with that word, change out the word, change out the definition, add in a synonym if you want or an antonym. And bada bing, you have your six to eight flashcards done in you know 10 minutes or less. And what I want to encourage you is with those flashcards, maybe print a few copies, maybe have one place in the room where you put them. Maybe, you know, you are on the hunt throughout the next week that for those six to eight words, where can you find them? Can you find them in their independent reading time? Maybe they hear them in another class. Maybe you make tally marks every time you hear that word being used or your students use that word. We want that application piece. So when you have that visual piece in your room somewhere and they're seeing the word, they're seeing the picture, they're trying to use it in conversation or they're trying to find it as they're doing their own you know, reading and learning. That's where this becomes an interactive piece. And that's where students, they get the buy-in and they get excited. And so making some sort of visual support, either, you know, you could put it on the student's desk, they could put it in their notebooks, but also having someplace in the room while you're going throughout this unit and helping them continue to come back to those words is really important in helping them to know where to find the words when they're trying to apply them. And then also just be reminded daily of, okay, these are the words we're working on. This is what the word means. Here's a visual that I can see right away. So I'm reminded what this word means. So take that time, take that five to 10 minutes, prep those flashcards for this upcoming unit, and it will be beneficial to you and your students. So then the last step is, like I said, post it somewhere. Throughout the room, through, and so use it throughout the lesson. Keep coming back to it. Let your walls be part of the learning experience. Don't just place something on the walls and forget about it. But, or if you're a travel teacher, put it into a a, a binder and a sleeve and have it available that they can flip through the words. The awesome thing about this as well is, as you move on to new units. They can go back and they can review those words. They can use those words in writing. Now they have that resource to independently use so that they can be responsible for applying more of the vocabulary in their speaking and writing. So going through those steps again, preview a text, choose six to eight words that are level tier two and tier three words. With those words, look up shades of meaning, find different words that are going to help All language levels understand what that word means and begin to use it. Look then to see if there's any cultural or language connections, things like cognates. Create flashcards or an anchor chart for those six to eight words and then post them somewhere in the room or create a system where you have it with you so your students can refer to it often throughout the lesson. Those are five steps that you can take to approach a new unit so that you are creating vocabulary-rich opportunities in your classroom. Now, one last tip before we go today is to pay attention to the cognitive load that you are placing on your students as they are learning. All right. So the cognitive load refers to the amount of working memory that is being used during a learning activity. When it comes to vocabulary acquisition, the cognitive load theory emphasizes the importance of managing the demands placed on a learner's memory to optimize learning. All right, so we really need to be mindful of this. This is why choosing purposefully and intentionally the vocabulary that you're going to teach during this lesson is really, really vital. Because you know your students, you know when you're going to be putting too much on them and that cognitive load is going to be too much and it's that's going to shut them down. So you need to be very aware of the students you're working with and what vocabulary do they need. Maybe your group you're, you're working with, they can only handle four words at a time. Then do that. That's okay. It's better that they understand, that they learn, that they are able to apply four words and start there, then have eight, and they really don't grasp any of them. Now, here's a few points to consider about cognitive load and vocabulary learning. First, your their working memory has limits. All right, there is a limited capacity it can only hold a certain amount of information at any one time. So just keep in mind that when new vocabulary is introduced, each new word or concept competes for space in that student's working memory. All right. So just keep that in mind as you introduce new vocabulary, as you're working with new vocabulary. This is where it's it can be a big struggle for our newcomers because they're spending so much of their limited capacity just trying to make sense of what's going on, to take in new words. It's a lot on them. So we want to be sensitive to that and just keep this in mind. The second thing is something called the intrinsic cognitive load. And this is the inherent difficulty associated with a specific educational topic. Okay, so when we're talking about vocabulary, this means that words that have complex meanings or irregular spellings or sounds that are not present in the learner's first language, this would have a higher intrinsic cognitive load. Now, I know we're all thinking like, um, yeah, pretty much all of English, right? has irregular spellings or things that just don't make sense when we've learned these rules. So again, this is something to keep in mind that this is an added load on our students. And then the last one is an extraneous cognitive load. And this is more generated by the way information is presented to learners. Okay, so this is where this happens when we're presenting too many new words at once, especially if we're not using them in context, or we're just doing, you know, giving them a whole list of new vocabulary words each week and saying, okay, here's your 10 words for the week. And this is how I taught when I was teaching in the States. Here's your 10 words for the week that go with the basal reader. I want you to go look up the definitions and write them down. That it can really increase that that load on them because it's just a lot of work at front where they don't see the purpose, they're not seeing it in context, it's too much for them to do. So again, we just want to be mindful with how we're presenting new vocabulary. Is it in context? Is it through reading? Is it through interactive activities? Is it well structured? Those are three things to keep in mind as you approach new vocabulary with your students. So, remember, your focus is to make students excited about language learning and build those connections in their brain. Boring vocabulary activities will not move these words from short-term to long-term memory. They might regurgitate them, they might, you know, write the definitions down because that's what they're supposed to do, but it's not going to help them really gain that depth that they need for that vocabulary word to stick and go deeper. Vocabulary learned in situations and context will help them move that word from short-term to long-term memory. So like I said, this is just the beginning of diving deeper into how we can really develop vocabulary acquisition with our English language learners easily, quickly, and effectively. Join me for the next couple weeks as we take a closer look at five instructional ways that are going to help easily increase vocabulary instruction in your classroom and eight things to stop doing when it comes to teaching vocabulary. I hope to see you then. And before we head out today, I want to give a huge congratulations to Corsina Sanchez, who is our 100th episode giveaway winner. Congratulations, Corsina, You have won a year subscription to Equipping ELLs. Reach out to us so we can get you set up today with your subscription. For everybody else, doors are still open to Equipping ELLs. You can come join us at equippingells.com to find out more information. I hope you have a great day and I will be back here next Friday, the same place, same time sharing more about vocabulary. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done for you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.